The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Back to reality. We hope you've enjoyed the free episodes of the Mock Trade Deadline. If you want to listen to the entire Mock Trade Deadline, you can subscribe to Dunked On Prime at dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. We've got a sale going to get a cheaper rate if you subscribe now while we have the, the Mock Trade Deadline fresh, if you want to listen to that. But of course, you won't get just the Mock Trade Deadline. You'll get our regular coverage. And this podcast today is a great example of our regular coverage. Nate and Danny's ability to talk about basketball on the court, to understand the salary cap, to understand the league-wide landscape, to be able to zoom in on specific teams, specific players. It's just incredible. I love listening to the podcast and hearing their expertise, and that's what we offer five days a week, plus these special types of episodes like the Mock Trade Deadline, plus an episode every week with John Hollinger, plus Seth Partnow's expert statistical analysis, plus the daily dunks, plus Discord access. You get far more than just the mock trade deadline, the mock offseason, the mock rookie still extensions, but of course you get that content too. So if you'd like to subscribe to Dunked On Prime, you can at dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. Make sure you use our mock mock trade deadline sale. That's dunkedon.supportingcast.fm. All right, fifth pod of the week here, and we need to continue our look through the divisions prior to the trade deadline. We're going to do the Southwest Division today. Danny, you like to drive this boat? Where are we headed? We're headed to the Riverwalk in San Antonio, and the Spurs have a distinct place, more distinct now, in the 2023 trade deadline with the diminution of Indiana's cap space because of the Miles Turner renegotiation and extension. So they are the only team with significant cap space. Indiana still has still has some. There are, of course, other teams with trade exceptions and everything else. Roughly, you know, 27 million or thereabouts for the Spurs. And they have plenty of picks, you know, because not only do they have all their own, but they also have that protected Hornets pick and they have firsts from the Hawks and Bulls from the DeJounte Murray and DeMar DeRozan trades. However, the expectation is that San Antonio is not going to be a buyer, but in fact will be a seller and and facilitator, obviously. And the I, I would say in some ways the key question for them, which is a little bit different than some of the other teams like we've discussed, the Charlotte Hornets and a few others, is just who on their roster do other teams want? And if you want the ancillary connected question is who do the other teams want at a price that the Spurs are willing to give them up in the case of Jakob Pertl? Yeah, there's been much discussion of Pertl. He turned down the maximum extension he could get, uh, according to reports that offer is still on the table, four years, 50 
88 million is that extension again there seems to be this feeling that he's obviously going to get that that much uh, on the market and uh, generally agents don't end up being wrong about these things particularly once those projections get reported by Woj and Shams it's rare that they will be just way high on a guy's market even if I don't necessarily agree I'd be interested to see where Pirtle falls in our center rankings uh, I think he's uh, you've talked extensively about some of his struggles defensively this year and how real that is yeah, I, I'm my working assumption if I'm a team acquiring him is that he didn't just forget how to play defense this year so uh, i'm not as worried about that aspect well so, so Nate, one yeah. question i wanted to ask you is that yaka Pirtle, it, it there's certainly been plenty of reporting that san antonio is open to re-signing him that could be at the reported offer of the terms of the extension what, what the allowable you and i have referred to it as the josh richardson though obviously it is richer now than it was then the question that i have though is yaka Pirtle currently 27 he'll turn 28 right around the start of next season do you think that he makes sense for the Spurs timeline wise slash as an asset like the the idea basically being that if you have to pay market value or close to it for Pirtle that he's either going to help with the next great Spurs team or be somebody that you can trade and benefit the team at that time yeah that to me is the biggest question I I don't think he's going to help with the next great Spurs or even good Spurs team there's also a possibility that I don't think there are any other centers considered high up in the draft but obviously if they get Victor then I mean maybe they'd want to play Victor and Pirtle together you know Victor is pretty thin so it wouldn't totally preclude re-signing portal but to me particularly like, like we've already seen his performance decline this year i mean the spurs have the worst defense in nba history the brand of the center on the worst defense in nba history i would consider myself lucky that it's still as good as it is apparently and that there are suitors that really are going to trade a first round pick for any center who's not a top 10 center in the nba when, when i did my rankings last year i had portal about 15th he would probably be down in the 20 range right now uh, as well and so the i mean there are definitely guys who are getting paid at high teens in that range i also don't love some of those contracts uh, as well and some of those guys there isn't necessarily someone who quite fits his profile is getting paid around that yeah maybe that'd be mitchell robinson you know but even robinson is only making 15 this year so I, i'm i wouldn't love paying pertle much above 15 uh, particularly given his free throw issues as well and the fact he doesn't really shoot it outside of a couple feet and so he's uh, even if he's gonna be on a good team you know he's got some mobility but he's not really a switch guy like he's you know a 20 25 minute game center in the playoffs uh, really and so that's the type of team that's trying to acquire him like i don't i mean maybe the celtics are trying to get him because they're really worried about robert williams that's what john posited but that's a roundabout way of saying this team is not going to be much better next year you would think i don't see that like i think of all the teams that kind of have space and are rebuilding the spurs are the least likely to use it on some big free agent acquisition who's going to get them a lot better next year they don't I think they're, have, they're yeah sorry they're also really even if they got that player i don't think they're there no and i mean obviously if like they're trying a little harder and then i mean this season has been a tankle left since they started five and two but everyone i mean pop came out and basically said we're not winning the championship this year and you know so it it hasn't been the most serious season in san antonio they should be defending a little better than they are at least but and pertle is part of that he hasn't played it all that well so to me particularly down the end of the year you know he could always just get injured or something too or he could just decide to leave in free agency he could just get some massive offer and so to me the odds of like if you can 
can get a real first that's not maybe if it's like you know pretty clearly going to be like bottom five and boston doesn't even have their first this year anyway but if it's like pretty clearly to be bottom five in the round then maybe i wouldn't do it anything better than yet that i would trade him now because i think there's a greater risk that he's just like he's not going to be i think you know you're not going to be good with him there's a chance you could overpay him there's a chance you could leave there's a chance you could overpay him and then your defense still sucks and nobody wants to trade for him like if i would go with and then you know you're not at some point he's going to be traded from this team you would think and so what do you get you're going to get two first round picks you get totally unprotected top 10 pick for Jakob Pearl? No, you're not. So trade his ass if you can get a pick that's in the top 25 in the first round or has a decent chance of it. I have been more of a Pirtle defender than most, and I've been a Pirtle optimist. I think it is more likely that his next contract ends up being negative value than positive value because even though the, the cap is going to be rising over the years, centers that aren't that aren't closing games for good teams just their their value isn't isn't typically that high they can be good floor raisers and Pirtle has been a floor raiser defensively and offensively maybe you could make an argument that he could be more fully utilized but we're you know he and he's been at 18 usage the last couple of years using basketball reference version yeah. of the stats. he actually is having a better offensive season a little more yeah. distribution this year as well but that's that's because they have nobody else right i mean all right so you could do a little bit of that stuff but like you're not you're not acquiring him to be like an offense exactly so what are you getting with that player i i think you're getting somebody who can help you but who doesn't transform you and where there's a level where you're mostly happy with him but you are always looking for an upgrade you're always open to an upgrade and so those are players you don't typically go after too hard and maybe Pirtle does have that kind of market and also that's another reason why if i were running the spurs i would be motivated to trade him is the idea that if there are teams making offers in the reported range then you're probably not going to keep him it's not a smart idea and you could theoretically leverage a sign in trade depending on the destination but odds that you're going to get something significant in return like those those days are largely gone unless it's for a premium player so you know there a lot of the returns like you could think about what the pels got for lonzo ball like those are those are more common than the like super duper premium in a sign in trade situations and Pirtle, i don't think he's that kind of player and why i brought up the like what would you give up for him thing is also because of Doug McDermott and Josh Richardson. So McDermott under contract for this year and next 13.8 flat each of those two years. Richardson is a pending unrestricted free agent. He signed that extension, but that extension was only one year. This is the year of that extension. I could imagine each one of them helping a team in different ways, but I don't see first round value for either of them unless the mechanism is to take on terrible money. I also don't see that terrible money. That's a great point. Yeah. So I, I think with Richardson, I mean, McDermott's under contract for next year too. Um, you know, but again, like that doesn't hurt them really. Like they've got plenty of money to do whatever they want to it, do. It doesn't hurt the Spurs, time. but it could hurt the interest that McDermott draws from another team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I the point I was making is I don't think there's like an incentive to get rid of him just because right. he has that money for next year. And, oh, and they've Richardson, got, they've got plenty yeah. of money anyway. They're, you know we don't know the exact numbers but depending on Pirtle plenty more than max space yeah and I don't think like 
McDermott, Richardson, Pirtle, like these aren't guys where it's like, oh man, we it's just so great having this vet in our program. He's a great veteran leader and example. I, I as far as I know, none of those guys have that reputation. So I, I'm good to just move them whatever you can get. And the Spurs do have a fair number of picks going forward. How are they fixed for future seconds? Are they in some situation where they just have like so many future seconds? I, I don't recall that being the case. The Spurs have all their own and the Pacers 20- 23 the lakers 24 and some others but they're not ridiculously stacked or anything like that yeah so you know you get one good second and one bullshit second for richardson like okay i'd move him i I just now i don't see any point in bringing him back next year necessarily so that's one of those ones where and there's not really much point in keeping him around like he's not exactly like a ball mover gonna make everyone else look good on your team whatever so i I think it's fine to just move on to him but i could even see him being end up being a buyout guy sure uh but yeah i I think that's interesting now one idea that i had although i just i don't know if golden state would go this route is the spurs have a few extra picks in the kitty they have this 2023 charlotte first that will uh not be going this year that's top 16 protected then lotto protected for two years and then two seconds that's also may just end up never going i'd say the odds are probably that it doesn't at this point that charlotte is actually going to make the playoffs uh, the next two years after this one you know i'd say that maybe has like a 40 percent chance of of going so that might be something where like i one thing i posited that i don't think golden state would do but this would save golden state a bunch of money for next year would be that charlotte first and richardson for james wiseman or they also have the 2025 chicago first that's top 10 protected and then of course they have 2025 atlanta unprotected they've got unprotected swap rights in 26 from atlanta 27 atlanta first unprotected and then 2028 swap rights with boston top one protected and they could also just possibly send out some other stuff that would include their own pick in some of those years and give the other team the worst of their pick and and the other team's pick or something like that Uh, the bundle of sticks as you like to say so that might be a a move to just richardson hey maybe he can help a little bit we'll take your distressed young guy and maybe we'll take one of their guy who's costing you money this is the thing though i mean they've got all this cap states they got the 27 million in cap states right now i think the chances of them just getting a first rounder for like taking on 26 million dollars in money like all in one chunk or anything close to that as as much as teams like the clippers or whatever want to save money it just that deal just doesn't exist anymore and and almost certainly not at the trade deadline to reduce now you can certainly facilitate with other teams like i think to the extent that cap space gets used it's incremental amount here incremental amount there you know pick up a second as in the exchange we're gonna we'll facilitate all these other deals uh the spurs now make more deals uh, under brian wright than they did in the past but it's really hard for me to see them being like oh yeah we're just gonna take on this 20 million dollar player not send anything back save you a bunch of money and pick up a first rounder it would need it would need to be a really specific kind of deal to make that make sense yeah I, I mean that's a deal that probably if there were a team that had the desire to do that maybe it would have already happened right uh in the off that, season although i guess it's like cheaper for san antonio in terms of like the actual money they're paying they're below the salary floor too so that's another concern but they might just pull oklahoma city and pay all their guys and or or save that space into into june because they could do that as yeah. well yeah which should yeah they would save the space into june and then they would also just for not having hit the salary floor they just give uh give a million bucks to all their players sure san antonio also also, I mean, they could be buyers just conceptually, but they still have so much that they need to figure out in terms of what this team is. Their lottery pick in 23 will greatly inform that. And 
I don't think this is the time to sell on any of the recent guys that they've drafted, you know, still evaluating Branham and Wesley and Vassell, who's now hurt, and Sohan and Romeo Langford has done has done some nice things for them. And then everybody else, I mean, they don't really have a ton of value around the league or you want to keep them. I mean, Trey Jones is a pending restricted free agent, but he has a low cap hold and I don't if another team valued him more than the Spurs do and valued his restricted rights, I don't think he would be totally off the table. It's not like Jones is running the league's best offense. I I think he can be a part of a successful team, though maybe not as a starter. So that, to me, lends itself to the idea that San Antonio, they're more narrow in terms of what they can do. It's the facilitator, it's the sale, and that's really about it. One more thing uh, on them before we do most likely to be traded. This is a non sequitur, but since we're not going to talk Spurs for a while here, probably the actual team and the players on them. Jeremy Stone's been having some nice games lately. I think yes, thirty. Uh, I want to say it was against the Blazers. He, he had seventeen the other night too. Like he's been hitting a few threes. He's been just facing up, attacking off the dribble for some mid rangers. He's been he's been cutting, running the floor. Obviously, we talked about how he's able to do that, but he's actually been attacking off the dribble, getting to the cup uh, and finishing. Um, you know, again, he's the overall efficient he's also shooting much better from the foul lines since he went to this one-handed approach so that when he was shooting like 45 percent from the foul, you're like this guy's jumper ever going to improve but he's been actually pretty aggressive with like he looks he just looks better like he's got some ability handling the ball like he's he's interesting he's interesting i mean i'm not i'm not predicting future st- stardom here but he's made good use of the minutes and shots that have been available on this team i'd say i'm looking at this first yeah. team and seeing players who could be nice complementary pieces but aren't necessarily lead pieces and so hopefully you get that player in this year's draft and or next year's draft because i don't think san antonio is going to be ready just yet most likely to be traded richardson agreed man it is crazy to think that i've been working with helix sleep since 2015 and i think that's because my story with them seems to really resonate with listeners if you've never heard it before that was kind of the beginning of the direct-to-consumer boom and there was another very prominent mattress company at that time that was trying to convince you that mattresses were one size fits all they found the one formula the one mattress that was going to work for everyone my then girlfriend now wife and i ordered that mattress we ended up having to return it because hey guess what not everyone is the same and then she did some more research and found he looked sleep we took their sleep quiz and we found a mattress that actually worked for us and our body types and uh, helix offers 20 unique matches everybody sleeps differently and helix matches are designed for specific sleep positions and field preferences hot or cold side sleeper back sleeper so take that helix sleep quiz find your perfect mattress in under two minutes and it's shipped straight to your door free of charge it's no risk because you really need to sleep on the mattress in your own home you're like well how should i order this if i can't sleep I'm like yeah you're not going to learn anything by going to the mattress store and sleeping on the mattress where do i take my shoes off do i leave my shoes on but then my feet kind of hang off the bed because i don't want to put my shoes on the bed and is it weird that i'm laying here for more than 30 seconds you can't tell anything under those circumstances you might as well just order it get it sent to your house get that 100 night trial their 10 to 15 year warranty depending on the model 
And there's never been a better time to try a Helix Sleep mattress because they are offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash capspace. Easy to remember slash capspace. We talk about it all the time here on the program. That's helixsleep.com slash capspace. This is their best offer yet. I can attest to that since I've been working with them for nine years and it won't last long with Helix. Better sleep starts now. Don't forget that slash capspace URL to let them know that you came from us. Man, I just love American Giant. Just an amazing clothing company. I was reminded again of how much I love it when I drove from California to Montana over the All-Star break. And you know what it's like when you're on a long road trip and it's cold, particularly when it starts off warm in the Bay and then we get into some really cold areas. You're like, well, I don't want to wear like my jacket in the car, but then I get out to fill gas. I'm going to be freezing. But the American Giant hoodie was perfect because despite being made out of a nice heavy material that'll keep you warm it's not too hot as well so i was able to wear it in the car not be too hot step out of the car and still be warm enough when i was filling up gas or going into a restaurant or something that i didn't feel like i needed my jacket even when it was cold outside and things are amazingly durable i proposed to my wife wearing an american giant hoodie in the grand canyon almost seven years ago i still own that same hoodie i still wear it constantly and american giant has since spread out into all sorts uh, of other types of clothing like their premium slub crew tee the no bs high-rise pant the slim roughneck pant featured in giant magazine issue two every american giant piece is made in america and designed to last no exceptions and it provides year-round comfort so find a closet staple for every part of your spring days at american-giant.com and get 20 percent off your first order when you use that finger code capspace at checkout you remember we talk about capspace all the time here on the program that's 20 percent off your first order at american-giant.com don't forget that cap space code to let them know you came from us let's go to dallas we there has been a little bit more murmuring about them recently i there was reporting i think that was in uh, shams piece about the potential mavericks witness that basically it sounds like what that reporting i can't remember who to attribute it to was the jazz are interested in finney smith who as a complimentary defender makes some sense with what they're trying to do and the piece specifically notes that the Mavericks would be open to moving Finney Smith, but they also include the clause in the right deal for a star caliber player. And to me, as I interpret that, I'm I'm thinking, well, yeah, of course, Dallas would include Dorian Finney-Smith in a move for a star player because they don't have many ways to get a star player. So he's probably still going to be on the team. Yeah. And for Dallas, of course, the thing that's been talked about the most is they have this pick obligation that finally, in theory, expires in 2023 with uh, their pick that's owed to the Knicks top 10 protected. Now, I suppose there's a slight chance that they could actually retain that pick and that obligation gets pushed out further and but however that wouldn't mess up their superstar trading plans because then they would have a top 10 pick this year that would be worth more probably than some of the future picks that they would then wouldn't be able to trade due to the Stepien rule and they could still trade their first this year and they could trade two more after that and they would have swaps obviously available too so if they were to retain that pick that wouldn't be a bad thing for their superstar ambitions necessarily of course they they won't retain that you would think unless there's a luca injury in which case eh, we'll see and there's talk maybe that christian wood could be matching salary they haven't really been able to come to an agreement on an extension with him you know i mean i think we can talk about what that would look like because there would be maybe an idea that he needed to be moved if you couldn't come to an extension with him but i also don't think he's gonna have some super robust market like he's had his chance to start the, the team 
looked good on offense for a little while, but they weren't really able to defend. And part of that problem too is that Finney Smith and Josh Green were out as well. So it was a tough ask for Christian Wood, but nonetheless, he wasn't really the rising tide on this defense. So I think he's kind of settled in at this, you know, Bobby Portis is probably a decent analog for him as like an offensive big. Maybe Wood's a little bit better than him offensively, but and can block a few more shots, but he also, you know, Bobby Portis is probably considered a better teammate than Christian Wood. So and at I'm least thinking, more re- yeah. at least more reliable too. Yeah. Which so considering Yeah. Yeah. Considering Well, considering where Portis's reputation was at another point when he punched Miritich in the face, but that was obviously a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but there's obviously never a question mark about Bobby Portis playing hard at least. For sure. So uh, to me, I'd be willing to make an offer as Dallas something along the lines of 2 years and at about the max you could do. Even then maybe I wouldn't because they could have cap space in the summer of 2024 now if they were able to waive Bertans which they can do before he plays 75 percent of games in 23 24 that came up at the mock off season uh so they could actually get to over 30 million in cap space in the summer of 2024 and I don't know that I would want to extend wood in a way that would eat into that so I I'm unless there were some offer I think McMahon reported that they could get about what they gave up for him uh, although part of what they gave up for him was making Houston take on like 13 million in totally dead salary and a bunch of players to open up roster spots too so only getting the 26th pick that's maybe understates a little bit what they got for him but if that's what they're talking about getting back I mean maybe I would do that I don't know who wants to trade for him at that level but you know whatever maybe there is a team that would do it I would probably do that deal Danny just because I don't think they're going anywhere but also you run this risk of like you know pissing off Luca and having a totally non-competitive year it's hard for me to think of as as much as Christian Wood has become a frustration with the idea that he could be a better defender than he has been I, I will accept what he is at this juncture it's hard for me to see where a Christian Wood deal leads them to like a Christian Wood trade leads them to a better overall level of talent and so you do potentially mitigate the risk of losing him for nothing in the offseason and I would n- avoid the bird rights trap at basically all costs were I the Mavericks because with their books, yeah. as you mentioned, with the 24 and Luca, the unusual dynamics there, like making a contractual mistake for multiple years is a big problem for them. And hopefully yeah. they understand that like that. It's, it's a similar situation that they've been in before, including right now. And that ties in with another well, well, one more thing on, on wood. I mean, the sure. bird rights trap. Yeah, maybe. But and they also would be in this situation where they could retain him kind of for free and also use their mid-level and not be in huge circumstances with the tax. Uh, although it, as of right now, without wood and with uh, they might actually get pretty close to the tax, but maybe they would just pay it again next year. But yeah, without wood and with Reggie Bullock, no Dwight Powell, they are got about 20 million in room below next year's tax so i think from dallas's standpoint i don't think your risk is that high because he's probably limited to the mid-level i don't think there are any cap space teams that are just so fired up to bring christian wood into their program for a guy who's kind of proven this year defensively that he's really more of a bench big and you know more of a 25 minute a game guy maybe he'll close depending on the matchup so that's kind of more the going rate as i mentioned like that bobby portis money and now maybe someone would come with a four-year deal and dallas 
Dallas's two-year deal wouldn't be good enough. So, I mean, I think maybe I would offer him a two-year extension, but also if I could get a first for him, particularly because that would, I think that first would have more trade value this offseason when they actually could make a trade than Christian would, uh, would have right now. So... I, I would move him. What else were you going to get to here? The Mavericks being roughly $16 million over the tax line and Mark Cuban potentially willing to pay that, but that is a hefty bill. And Dallas does have these picks. It would be extremely disappointing for them to use that or, heaven forbid, something like Josh Green to, uh, to, to save money unless it was to save money and improve their talent level. So whenever a team kind of gets into this place, you want to see how ownership handles the situation that they're in because they can mitigate that could be something more basic like offloading Theo Pinson and giving another team cash so that you know that lowers the amount they are over the tax and thus lowers the bill those sorts of circumstances could happen and also how aggressively do they try to move on from future money in the mock offseason and mock deadline I had the Mavericks and one of the things that I was trying to do in that was use a future first to simultaneously upgrade and lower the burden I chose to prioritize doing so through Davis Bertans because I think Tim Hardaway Jr. can help them more. But you could see it the other way. If a team holds a higher valuation for Hardaway, treats him as more neutral salary rather than negative salary, it could easily go that way instead. Yeah, and if they could do that deal, that Hardaway-Levert deal that's been talked about a lot, and maybe they would have to give up a little something else in that deal, but short of a first, I would do that. How are they fixed for seconds going forward? Not great. They owe their 23, 24, 26, and 28 seconds Oof. already. Yeah, because if, if they wanted to like jump dump javel for example or grease the wheels on that uh, on a hardaway lavert deal yeah they probably don't have the scratch to do that then I mean, maybe they could they've what do they have two two available three available from the numbers you just said three 25 yeah. 27 29 yeah and then none of those are particularly early either so yeah that's that's not great and cash by itself won't be enough to get it done except unless it's the like of nilakin or pinson but but danny I regret to inform you, one Theo Pinson, organizational talisman, in addition to just how good he is as a locker room and, more importantly, sideline presence, can block a trade. That's right. <laughs> but I guess if they, yeah, if they just said they would re-sign him next year, they'd probably agree to it, right? So there's also the thought of upgrading. And we said, hey, they want to extinguish this obligation to the Knicks. Then they can have four picks and three swaps. They can go find their Drew Holiday. Fred Van Vliet is someone that they could get probably right now. And presumably they would come to an extension agreement or, or I'm sorry, a new contract agreement with him in at least rough terms before trading for him because it'd be a disaster otherwise. Is he there, Drew Holiday? Is he good enough that you would give up, say, two for first round picks uh, for him no i I, I think you're right i I think i'll take door number two on that one you could also actually uh, although yeah they actually could probably be okay in terms of the tax this offseason they might be able to just do that move in the offseason as a sign and trade too Uh, they should be able to avoid the hard caps yeah um and they do have matching salary although some of it's pretty shitty but yeah again i think there's just of all the players who are being talked about here as being available i just don't the incremental move yeah again it's just it's tough right i mean i think they just gotta have the internal fortitude i mean door number one is you make a trade for someone yeah you look a little better hey maybe you could even catch lightning in a bottle and make it to round two or maybe even round three 
but I don't think there's a single person that they could trade for that we've talked about. Maybe Pascal Siakam would be the one, but I, I think the price is more than they can afford for him, you would think for sure. But even if they made a move for like an Ananobi or you know, just giving up one first for a guy who's just a good player right now, I think it's kind of pointless in the end. And yeah, Luka might be mollified for now, but you're reducing your odds of making the argument to him two years from now. And yeah, you know what? He might be fucking pissed off. And I think you want to have totally open communication with him about all of this but to just say hey the reason we're not doing this is because we think there'll be a better deal later and hey you know what like they could be wrong about that maybe there won't be a better deal later but giving up on the chance of a better deal later you're now making it certain that you're not going to have a good enough team over the next probably two three years as opposed to at least having the possibility of having a good enough team at some point down the line so i i just we've talked about this so much with this team but they got to just like tell luca like too bad try to explain it as much as you can but he may be pressing for it but it's honestly for his and their own good not gonna be a fun conversation though how much do you think the knicks would trade uh it would take to get Jalen brunson back from the knicks two first round picks minimum it would be a lot Christ. yeah maybe even uh, honestly it might even be more than most likely to be traded i'll go with hardaway jr since we've heard his name and rumors more and there there are ways that could happen i'll say would do you want to go to a good team that probably isn't going to make a trade or do you want to go to a bad team that might make a trade like i said you're driving this boat you can't can't turn this battleship around now wherever you're headed let's go to houston the rockets they're over the cap but well under the tax even with the 40.9 million in dead money they are have owed to john wall on their books and the key domino for them is Eric Gordon. Gordon now making 19.6 million this year, 20.9 million next year, but that is non-guaranteed unless his team wins a championship before then and their playing time minimums there. <laughs> yeah, so, Andro's like, "Oh, they got to get rid of him so that they're not at risk of that guarantee next year." <laughs> I, I don't know that any team would feel so like that that would scare off any team, though. But so, you know, because theoretically, another uh, potential Eric Gordon suitor could be a little bit aware of making that guaranteed. And it feels like a negative c- contract, but not a horrendous one at that. And so part of the reason why Gordon is the first player to talk about is that he's been on the trade block forever. He's a terrible fit for a team like this, other than the fact that you likely want to have some capable vets around, but Gordon capable three point shooter, capable defender, depending on what kind of system you want to run. But I, and, and Gordon, it's been a couple of years since he played meaningful basketball, but I still think he can contribute to a good team. Gordon also with that, let's treat it as a $19.6 million expiring contract. It could be a mechanism for Houston and taking on money they are looking at cap space though next year arguably so much cap space that they're not really going to use all of it but that changes Rafael Stone's appetite. This is not a circumstance where you're, you know, functionally you don't really have cap space, but you can you could spend that money under the tax, like below the tax, and get a good asset. A, I don't think there's a team that's trying to do that. And B, I don't think they want to do it. So for Gordon, it's more just what kind of asset can you get for him? Yeah, and I'll share briefly my philosophy from the mock trade deadline when I had Houston was. Uh, if I can get a first for Eric Gordon, I'll do it. The only way I'm taking on money for next year is if I get a, a first or a pretty good asset. But I might be willing to do that. I think we'd still have enough money to do what we need to do. We got $53 million in cap space for next year, in theory, You know, depending on how the draft picks shake out. And so dropping that down to $33 million, I mean, if we wanted to go after Chris Middleton with a full max contract or James Harden, obviously, then the number gets a, a lot bigger. So maybe you wouldn't want to do that. But if 
you get enough of an asset and the guy actually wants to come you can figure it out if you need to there and you know so if i'm getting less than a first it's probably time to move gordon because there's no way he's going to be on the team next year you think his guarantee date is june 28th and now maybe you could convince him to push that back if you're like hey if we don't get anyone in free agency we'll keep you around just the possibility of that 20 million might be enough uh, to convince him to push it back but i really i mean they can do something better with that 20 million than keeping eric gordon so he's not going to be on the team next year in almost all certitude so yeah if i can get a couple of seconds for him even one second i would probably do it as long as the money were expiring if i can't get expiring money back then all right i'll just hold on to him and maybe even buy him out uh, because he, he probably deserves that <laughs> at this point he does He's gone, um, and then, he's gone through uh, some. Yeah, yeah. And, and then aside from that, my thought was if someone wanted to come with first-round value on KJ Martin or Jay Sean Tate, I would be willing to move in that direction. Martin's an interesting one. This is his third season. He's got the hinky special where they can either make him restricted this offseason and pay him. That's, a, a, of course, what they did with Jay Sean Tate. Or now Tate was interesting because he would have been restricted even after his third year if they had exercised the team option. Martin, with this being his fourth year would be unrestricted next year if they do exercise the team option but uh and, and both those guys don't make much tate is 6.5 and martin is basically making the minimum uh they may have a little bit of a roster crunch for next year but again i mean they're where they're gonna be you can just wave guys if, if you need to like that's not a huge concern you know if they just decide they're done with deshaun nicks they can wave him at his guarantee date uh bruno fernando is non guaranteed for next year as well garrison matthews uh is non-guaranteed for next year so they've got ways to move on from some of this money also and yeah so that, that's basically my philosophy i i don't really have they're kind of hamstrung by their cap space aspirations i think they're the team that's most likely to use cap space among these rebuilding teams that have it so i don't really have much else to to say about them it, obviously i was them in the mock-off season i went in with that philosophy i wasn't able to make a deal i felt fine about that is there anything that you you feel differently about than uh, the way I kind of approached it. No. And it's also, I mentioned this with San Antonio. I don't think this is the time for Houston to make a, make a move involving any of their young guys. They do have a roster crunch coming because while the Rockets potentially owe two future first, both of those are that wild top four protected, then two seconds. So we'll have that fun in 24 and 26. Those picks would go to the Thunder. And they do have some extras, though. They have one from the Bucks in 23 and then the Nets in 24 and 26 and some swaps and some seconds in both directions. So, yeah, if your evaluation of Usman Garuba or Josh Christopher or Knicks probably those guys in particular, or maybe even Garrison Matthews, who has two more years that they can retain him. I believe one is a non-guarantee and one is a non-guaranteed team option for him. So if you want to kind of sell before anybody else knows what you know on those guys you could do it i don't expect that to be the case though so probably keep them around use the rest of this year ideally the start of next to evaluate and ideally garuba christopher have awesome years and you don't have to think about anything else they fit well with shangun eason whoever you get in the draft but it it isn't 
a circumstance where there I would expect there to be an overhaul. And also, at some point, the Rockets could do some version of a consolidation trade, move a couple of different elements for somebody who makes sense with their foundation. But a key part of their core is the player that they get in the draft this year. So you wouldn't want to go in and get player X. And then all of a sudden you end up with a pick in the draft and the player who's the right guy to take directly conflicts. So why not just wait another six months or a year or whatever to commit those resources yeah i agree with you uh on that too uh, they have all these picks but it, it doesn't make any sense to presumably part of the value of anyone you traded for would be that they're having them play for you for the rest of the season but that doesn't matter to them so why not just make that move if you're going to acquire a, a younger player using some of those picks that hopefully can grow with your core you just wait to do that in the offseason pretty amazing though these guys are gonna probably have the worst record in basketball for the third consecutive season it also isn't the right time presumably to sell on Jay Sean Tate should they even identify that as what they want to do he's had an injury played years played 269 minutes so far so not enough to really show a team hey he's he's definitely your guy and again the same logic could apply that if the you know if you if you think you see it before everybody else does but Tate fully guaranteed for next year at a very reasonable 6.5 million then a team option in 24-25 worth 7.1 when's the last time a team had the worst record in the league three years in a row I do not know see if I can look that up quickly while we're while you're looking that up player most likely to be traded is Eric Gordon I don't think either of us would push too hard on that and I'll set up the pelican ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads the squeak of shoes on a basketball court the crack of the bat on a home run the slice of skates cutting across the ice but what about this one that's the sound of all the sports you love all at once starting at $40 a month experience it all live with sling sling anyone who's seen our youtube videos knows that i don't wear formal stuff all the time so when it's time to dress up rather than dress down i highly recommend inochino they were the official outfitter of my wedding i got my tux from there all my groomsmen got their sport jackets from there as well i felt really good about having them be the outfit of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly because when you go somewhere else you're not going to get something that's made for you so why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you and not only does indochino have the suits that made them famous but now they've got everything blazers pants women's wear outerwear designed and made for you hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from european wools linen cottons tons of colors tons of patterns you can customize things like the lapel the vents the pockets and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style level up your game with indochino go to indochino.com use the code capspace using our capspace we talk about all the time here on the program you get 10 percent off any purchase of 399 dollars or more that's 10 percent off at indochino i-n-d-o-c-h-i-n-o indochino.com and don't forget that capspace code to let them know that you came from us the New Orleans Pelicans are below the tax, about $3.6 million. They also have a full roster, which could potentially loom large, though they could buy somebody out. They could clear a spot if they, if they had to. I don't really know why they would have to do that. And... 
the Pelicans are in this unusual place. I, I talked about this. I can't remember if it was with you or if it was on Real GM Radio with somebody about, oh, it was with Rob Mahoney. That's right. Where the idea is New Orleans has this incredible amount of resources. They have. We talked about the the future picks that are owed by other teams and the the what they're owed from the Lakers this year and the deferral right now so they can have the Lakers pick in either 24 or 25 plus plenty of stuff from the Bucks and everything else like it's a it's a great set of assets but my theory of the case is probably don't want to make smaller moves as the Pelicans right now unless you really have identified a great fit and you can get them at a reasonable price because you might need a whole lot of those things to get that one player and you don't want to weaken your asset base for that so for example the next Kevin Durant that become that becomes available like you you want to have those things for that player you don't want to set a third of your resources towards somebody else unless you're confident that that player is a part of the end game here with most notably Zion Williamson yeah and this came up when KP and I were talking about some of the trade scenarios during the deadline was just some of these picks have such great upside you and I when we rank the picks you are higher on some of those picks that were further up but that 23 Lakers swap and that 24 slash 25 deferrable pick were I think both of us had them as two of our top three we did and the reason for that of course is that those could easily be the number one pick if you get the lottery lock and so yeah they can make some moves do some protections but it's just and particularly when it's this year's pick and particularly when it's Victor Wembanyama and maybe Scoot Henderson but Wembanyama obviously the guy it's just hard to imagine any scenario in which you would want to trade that pick unprotected and we'll see they could also try this thing which they won big time on last year where they protect a pick and then it goes on to be a far worse pick instead so they could try to to do that in some of these deals but I'm wondering what the mindset is there now because they've been in free fall and they played better but still lost in denver tonight they are now 26 and 26 after looking like they were just dead bang top four seed before zion went down zion is scheduled to be reevaluated on tuesday andrew lopez said he's doing some sprinting and some moving still seems so i I, i'm at least feeling good if he's doing that that he'll be back after the all-star break but i don't think he'll be back before the trade deadline they could feel good about him coming back after the all-star break but i think they're you know they're just going to be in the morass with all these other teams now like this this team that they have and i think they are to be at 26 and 26 right now even if they make a move at the deadline to shore up this year's team and i do think that this is a team that in the aggregate needs some shoring up and we can talk about what their needs are in a second but even if they like you know and then zion comes back you're gonna assume there aren't gonna be any other injuries you integrate the whoever this new player is and it's still hard to say hey we're gonna just rock it into being a top four seed necessarily some some of these other teams like the clippers are playing a lot better warriors might be on a roll we'll see i've felt that a couple of times this year and i was wrong obviously the nuggets and the grizz are uncatchable so their chance to get a top four seed and really making noise in this year's playoffs it, it's just gonna be really hard i think no matter what they do at this step another comment complication for the Pelicans is that they don't have much in the way of expiring salary. So that complicates things in terms of what moves you're making because trading let's say it's Valanchunas like this came up in the mock deadline of trading Valanchunas I think it's a reasonable contract about 15 mil a year he has one more year after this season remaining 
But, you know, Devontae Graham, he has two fully guaranteed years this year, next year, and then a partial guarantee. And then I guess Garrett Temple is functionally expiring because his his contract isn't guaranteed. But that's a small money. He make, Temple makes about five mil. So for New Orleans... They also have this salary structure where, especially after this year, when Zion's extension kicks in, they're going to have three players making a lot of money and then a bunch of other players with more modest salaries. And that makes a lot of moves more difficult because if the goal is to stay below the tax or at least stay below the tax until you have proven to be at a level where ownership is willing to pay it, which I, I think there could be that threshold it just has to get there. You kind of have to like it, it, it was sort of in a way like what I was saying about the picks. It's that the bigger moves in some ways end up be, being not more likely to happen, but the lesser moves become harder because you just don't have the matching salary. So, yeah, but, you mentioned their their tax situation going forward. And given where they're at, they're over the tax next year, just with 12 players, assuming that they keep their draft pick. Very difficult for me to imagine that Devontae Graham will be on this team next year making 12 million and then he has a 2.85 million guarantee for the next year making that move obviously jackson hayes is another one where he's a restricted free agent he's not going to fit into their salary structure i mean maybe he can come back on like a make good as a fourth big for five million or something but he probably wants to just go somewhere else and try to where there's a, a little bit better of a fit i don't know if there is a better fit for him but uh so yeah i mean they they have this financial thing coming forward you would imagine you know Kyra lewis hasn't played much you would imagine that including him in actually yeah they're more they're at 13 players actually next year i should assume that uh Aji marshall is gonna be around and maybe even hernan gomez another team option guy in any event so maybe they're at 14 for next year so a package of kyra lewis and Devonte graham for expiring contract guy who could help you i i'm not sure there's another team that is interested in that though i'm not sure that kyra lewis is enough to get off of Devonte graham like lewis was the number 13 overall player like he's just not going to have a chance really to play much this year. So maybe there's a team that just liked him in the draft and would acquire him and would be willing to take on Graham can just be, you know, kind of a crappy backup point guard who's overpaid for you. Yeah, maybe there's a team that's willing to do that. But I, I think obviously you can't give up a first rounder to move Devontae Graham. But I think anything short and that maybe that move is more likely to happen in the offseason. But I think there is they will be very much trying to do that because that he's just the obvious guy who doesn't fit in their salary structure for next year and they also have the likes of Dyson Daniels if they do hold on to Lewis like he can fill that role to uh, Jose Alvarado obviously a surpass Graham all those things they also theoretically I mean the choice could be trade Devontae Graham and get to use the middle level exception MLE not necessarily the highest utility next year I mean because there just aren't that many great free agents available but New Orleans could be a desirable destination depending on what their pitch is in terms of playing time and everything else also, they'll just have more time to evaluate everything else, see what the urgency is. And it wouldn't stun me. I, I think they'll be talking to teams in 23 about Devontae Graham. I think they're talking to teams right now about it. If that could theoretically extend potentially into the season, you could just do something else. If if, if things don't materialize, if the cap space teams try to, try to leverage out. And w- the one type of team, I don't have one in mind that could be potentially useful as a partner in a Devontae deal right now would be a franchise that is over next year's cap and basically then could use Graham as a backup point guard and then uh, roll the dice on Kyra Lewis. Like I think it's easier to do that kind of trade with a team like that rather than the Spurs Rockets are equivalent because they're actually losing something in the deal. Whereas if it's, you know, you were going to be under the tax anyway, you weren't going to really, you still can use your mid-level 
those sorts of teams like that that could actually be of interest potentially potentially i i'm not sure i would be trading for Devonte graham thinking that he's going to solve my backup point guard problem at this point no um, but if you but, could do it yeah. for like the, it is unfortunate that new orleans doesn't have any really good seconds because that might be the middle ground that could be useful there because you don't want to give up you don't want to give up some yeah. of their firsts for it especially now in some ways that well i guess their own first pick first round pick getting worse doesn't matter unless it falls below the lakers because of the swap right yeah now maybe they could work in some additional swaps with some of these future firsts and particularly in years where you know maybe you give them the second best of yours and the other teams and and there's something like that now this is just such a weird team I, I, they and we still haven't seen their full team on the floor which is why they're at an information deficit this year and why they may not want to really do anything too rash particularly because again they they might get another guy who's really part of their core if everything goes well in the draft with this lakers pick this year but i think there's also more of a win now bent than you might expect for a team that's this young cj is older zion i think there might still be a feeling that from an injury standpoint he's a, a, a little bit of a ticking time bomb was going great this year until uh, this hamstring issue and they got a lot of things that they need in theory Jonas valanciunas just not working out i mean even without zion he didn't even play 20 minutes tonight and nance can only play so many minutes they have zero like this team for as much talent as they had as well as they were playing when zion was healthy and i was even without ingram and they have three huge needs they had need more shooting they need two-way play on the wing which they you know all three of their options daniels jones and trey murphy have their deficiencies like none of those guys are stoppers who can also shoot although they all have some promise and maybe jones and daniels can get there as far as shooters i don't think murphy is going to get there as a true stopper he can be okay and then of course rim protection their rim protection is uh, among the worst in the nba and that's not going to get any better when zion comes back probably maybe he has some flashes every once in a while but he's not really a possession to possession rim protector so so many needs obviously valanchunas is someone i think they would be willing to move he's making 15 the next two years expires after that or next two years including this year so they have matching salary if they need it. I think like Hayes is another one that they could get to. And let me ask you this, Danny. If there were one player that we've known, forget what the cost is. There were one player that we've known is reported to be in trade talks that would help these guys. Who would be your number one target? If we're counting Miles Turner, probably still him. The idea of a rim protector who can space the floor and doesn't have to be as high usage, even if Turner has shown the capacity to be to have the ball in his hands more this year. That would be there. Ananobi is another reasonable pick, but yeah, price for his high. But but the fact that he's makes so little next year does help you with your taxes. It does. And Ananobi being having more offensive chops and being a wonderful defender does fit. It fits what New Orleans wants to do pretty well. Those guys are both really good basketball players. And now Turner's under contract for longer. They could theoretically pursue a Turner trade in the offseason, which is because now his, his salary is actually pretty close to Valanchunas's. You, you're going to have to pony up in terms of assets, but that could be a possibility. And it doesn't look like Turner is still functionally available at this moment based on the words of Turner Pritchard and Rick Carlisle at the presser. So I'm it's possible. I it's not 
I don't think it's likely that he gets moved. Yeah, there are a lot of names here that I think could help them. Some some of the, the ones that were bandied about in the mock off season. I mean, even Buddy Heald returned to New Orleans, so it wouldn't be crazy. Now, I, I think there are some lineups that just wouldn't work with him defensively, but just getting that type of movement shooter could be really useful. But you also wonder, like, where does it fit in? Because you've got CJ, you've got Ingram, you've got Zion, you need a center, but then who's guarding for you on the printer? Maybe if there isn't that guy he'll could play but i think you need someone to be like your number one stopper in the perimeter because you're not doing i mean they've done more switching actually with nance at center so maybe maybe that's something they could do but yeah i healed cj backcourt that's i'm not loving that boyan would be a pretty good fit with these guys but obviously the age you don't want to get someone that old at this point i don't think and give up a first for him and i mean again maybe you could give up your own first that's like top eight protected at some in one of these years or something like that like that's that wouldn't be insane like that's the because these picks from these other teams that are unprotected or maybe you just protect those picks as well like they did with that 2025 milwaukee first they traded for cj so i think they could get there it's just do do you want to fire the bullet there and as you mentioned in the open do you want to take things out of the coffers that could prevent you later on from making like the big big score this just doesn't seem like a big big score type of place and type of team and they have a bunch of star power on the team already so i don't know that getting someone would play into the salary structure and you always if you really had a guy who's that good you could trade ingram or you could trade cj you've got other really young good finds on the team so i'm not worried too much about giving up a first to prevent you from making the big deal later as i think it through it just might take a lot of assets to get it done and you know we don't know who that player is going to be i would have loved to have seen what kevin like i don't know what prevented kevin durant from ending up here probably was the nets but that would have been i I mean i doubt a real offer was made by the pelicans i agree yeah most likely to be traded graham um i'm gonna go haze ah the sweet sound of sports you love from sling the collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Grizz are in this division, huh? They are. It's a geographically strange division, but the Memphis Grizzlies, they're narrowly under the salary cap. Our friend John Hollinger posited that they could theoretically use that space or and or additional space created at the deadline to renegotiate and or ex- renegotiate and possibly renegotiate and extend Dylan Brooks. I think they'll just do that by a bird rights. Well, there, of course, could be a chance to change that because they are they only have about $2 million in cap space right now. They have a full roster at 15. The Grizzlies have all their own firsts 
plus the Warriors pick in 24, which is top four protected, and then has, I think it's top one protection after that. Yes. The Grizzlies also owe three of their next four second-round picks, but they do have extras, including the Wolves in 23 and the Pacers in 24. So pretty close to a full complement there, depending on how you want to think about it. The bigger questions for them is it seems like the Grizzlies are pretty committed to this group, not only due to their success, but due to the extensions agreed to with Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark during the offseason. They functionally committed to being an over-the-cap team or close to it in 23 by retaining Dylan Brooks. So there are still avenues for this team to change the way they look, to change the way to change the way things go. It just doesn't look like they're going to pursue them. Yeah, that certainly has not been their MO. Danny Green is I think he's supposed to debut tomorrow, actually. And they supposedly like him in the locker room, but he's ten million in matching salary. Brooks, if they felt they couldn't re-sign him, is eleven. Tyus Jones is someone they could move if they had to. He's making fifteen million this year, fourteen million next year as a backup point. Good backup point guard, but you can fill that role other ways if you had to. Uh, Clark, it's difficult to trade due to the extension. Adams, if they wanted to get a center, they could trade him, but I think he's important to what they're doing. And I, I wouldn't advise going after any center that's available other than Miles Turner, which is, that's not going to happen, as we talked about. Ananobi is another, it's a white whale uh, for them also. And I mean, they have the assets to go get them. You know, they're supposed, even if it is these three first round picks, well, okay, how much does a team like Toronto value a Zaire Williams, who is kind of superfluous? if you get Ananobi um you know Dylan Brooks is Canadian how much would they value his bird right now probably not that much but they've got these recent firsts like LaRavia and Roddy I don't know how much value a team receiving them would put on them like those those guys to me are probably less valuable having been driven off the lot than future picks would be the big thing to keep in mind is their salary structure they're fine for next year even if they re-sign Brooks but then when you get Desmond Bain and his restricted free agency in the summer of 2024 and i mean he's going to make at least 30 million he could get the max quite frankly we'll see whether he's willing to take any kind of a discount or not what his playoffs look like in terms of just the overall mindset this is a young team are you in like go for it mode here because they're good enough for that or are you in like yeah we got time let's just let it play out with this young group continue the whole draft and develop thing i would aim high and then absent that probably not do a whole heck of a lot and so that means you have those conversations. I had the Grizzlies in, in the mock and went after, you know, discussed things with OG and Anobi. I actually got Josh Hart in part because I thought the asking price was reasonable and it was yeah. a version of Brooks insurance. And so you could do something more in that mold, do a more moderate thing. They don't have the volume of assets that the Pelicans do, and especially the Pelicans having diversified portfolio and other teams kind of success and failure, I think is useful because Memphis, we expect them to be good over this time. So their picks or their first round picks are probably not seen as that valuable. So sure, if you can get OG, if you can get Miles Turner, if you can get one of the better players in this market, especially if you have the confidence that you can retain them at a price that you are comfortable with, do it. And if you can do something modest at a price that you can live with, they can they can do that. The other question for Memphis, there are ways that they can improve, but those are often marginal improvements, which honestly are actually typically pretty hard 
to make. So they they can make them though. When you look at the state of their rotation, with really probably only having, I would actually even say only like six guys that I really believe in in a series against some of the best teams. You can, but it's typically hard to. Let's use Dylan Brooks as the example. It's hard to upgrade on Dylan Brooks, especially if Dylan Brooks is a component of the trade, because the other team is probably going to want the guy who they who is the upgrade on Dylan Brooks. Maybe the Raptors are interested. Those trades just they can be hard logistically because you generally have to bowl that other team over in terms of resources when you're dealing with a scarce position. So as I think about this team in the playoffs, they have a lot of outs, right? There are guys, even some of the young guys that could work, could work in certain matchups, but go back to last year, like Steven Adams against Carl Anthony Towns, they just decided they couldn't play him. And then he got COVID obviously. And he's Adams has actually played okay against the Warriors. How would Adams work against the, say the Clippers? If they're going to go five out, he's not a great matchup against the Mavs either. The Mavs usually done pretty well against the Grizz over these last few years with Luka. Obviously there's Jokic to deal with as well. So, and then you also have the concern that Jaron Jackson is going to play 27 minutes a game in the playoffs because he'll get in foul trouble every single game. Throw that in in and then you've got all right tyus jones yeah small backup point guards it's just tough once especially once you get into the second round jaw of course has the defensive limitation it's hard to play jaw and tyus together doesn't bane yeah rock solid sure he's going to be out there at all times dylan brooks I, I mean yeah he can definitely defend he's part of this team's identity but there are some nights he doesn't have it he could shoot you out of it it'd be nice to have another option for him brandon clark yeah he was fantastic against minnesota terrible matchup against the warriors probably a terrible matchup against the clippers like the idea of him switching has always been much better than the the reality of it he's kind of more of a utility knife at that position obviously laravia and roddy are rookies john conchar is too small santi aldama is unproven xavier tillman can't finish around the basket zaire williams weighs a buck 85 and his shooting is a question mark so just to get one other guy and danny green you don't know where he's going to be from a health standpoint and an age standpoint just to get one other guy that you're like this guy is fucking rock solid we can count on him in any matchup it doesn't matter who we're going up against this guy is going to be on the floor at the end of game i think that would be really nice for taylor jenkins to have it is there anybody that you see as a particularly strong example of that? That is Well, OG was ob- was obviously one of the guys that came to mind. Um Boyan is an interesting one. I think he would make them unstoppable offensively uh, and maybe you could play him at the 4 and Jaron at the 5 in some matchups. If there wasn't a great wing on the other team, you could play him at the 3. So I think you would probably be able to construct a lineup that he's almost always going to close for you and just uh, to have both Bane and him out there as guys you can't leave and now you got jaw running pick and roll that would be pretty nice uh, and so maybe he plays the four and brooks plays the three if you got someone that brooks needs to guard or you could go jaron and, and steven adams so i might go after him i might be interested in doing that you probably got to give up danny green in that deal and you'd probably have to go with one other and the matching salary could start to get a little difficult there and maybe detroit would be interested in tyus jones you get back like Corey joseph or something instead just to be your backup point guard uh, although you know that's not amazing so yeah the matching salary could 
could become an issue there with Detroit. They've got Magruder who could get sent back maybe to equalize the roster spots. But, you know, maybe my offer would be worst of ours and Golden State's pick in 2024 as a start, as a starting point, or just our pick this year as a starting point and see if Detroit bites. I wouldn't go two first, but one, I think actually probably I would want to just do ours this year because then that obligation expires and we have all of them to trade in the tree. You don't have to worry about it. Um, <clears throat> although worst of theirs in Golden State would also be a decent one, but that, that could get into stepping in problems if the Golden State pick ended up being protected. You know, like a Kyle... Uh, obviously Ananobi would be the dream uh, it, it just depends on like how much you know I would put Zaire Williams in that deal would you go Zaire Williams and like two of your own first for Ananobi without an expectation that he's going to resign I don't think I would go that far it is tempting though it's real tempting well hey uh <laughs> when is when is the next deadline for the CBA talks February 9th maybe they'll find out that the extension rules have changed right before the deadline you can actually functionally extend him uh but of course uh, that you, you then run into issues with jaw that jaring contract declining really really helps though they'd probably be, be if they got someone like ananobi that you'd be looking at one year of pain in 24 25 and then when the cap went up you'd probably be okay after that in theory you'd be making your team a lot more top heavy but they wouldn't be giving up so many picks that they wouldn't have these young guys yeah i mean if, if that were the price for ananobi i would do it like i said like flags fly forever jaw like zion to me i'm just concerned that either because of how athletically inclined his game Game is if that wanes maybe he's not as good or just because he, he might be an injury risk i would be extremely aggressive i would probably do that boy on deal for my own first round pick if they if they would do it i would even throw in a second probably or whatever else i wouldn't go to two first for boy helps that he's under contract for next year too anyone else for you that you would be going after kuzma he, he's gonna want a big contract i mean that's that's I, why i would pay more for ananobi than kuzma a ananobi's better and b he's under contract for next year i wouldn't do it for for him and the other problem is I, I'd but love to do, have I mean, a, uh, one first you would do it, right? But like not much more. Than I would do it for a first, especially because none of their firsts are, are particularly fantastic. Yeah. Again, like he's just someone who like needs to be guarded, can defend competently, has some scoring chops. Like just, I mean, I think their offense is probably maybe their bigger problem than the player. Like, like just again, like to just have one more guy that like, yes, I can rely on you in every matchup. I was trying to think of a way for them to, I mean, there are ways you could construct it for them to do a John Collins deal. He doesn't solve their problems, but it does create some really wild matchup possibilities. Jay Crowder, someone else I, I would be interested to go after uh, as well. Now, can you satisfy Phoenix's need for a player? I mean, that would be fascinating if you would do, do Danny Green for Crowder. I might trust Danny Green more to be a playoff player this year than Jay Crowder. Both guys haven't been on the floor for a second in the regular season. Uh, I mean, Jay Crowder is younger. He was better than Danny Green the last season they both played, and he's not coming off a torn ACL. So I, I, I think I would probably do that depending on what else I had to throw in. I trust Danny Green's jump shot more than I trust Jay Crowder's jump shot. Yeah, but I, I like that Jay Crowder can play that stretch switchable stretch for. They don't have that play. They don't. Anything else on these guys? I don't know that being more open to trading like guys like Laravia and Roddy and potentially Santi Aldama would functionally change the Grizzlies' fortunes, but from what I've seen from those guys, they aren't they aren't those like likely starter type of players. And every once in a while you see a team, I mean the Warriors have done this too, where they they've done a good job at times developing players, but they believe that every person they draft is going to be awesome. And so I worry a little bit about that. It's kind of a stray note at this point, could be more of an important thing in 23-24. Who would you be least willing to give up out of Roddy, Laravia, and Aldama? Mm, mm, mm. 
I know my answer. Probably Roddy. He's interesting. Yeah, see, seeing Roddy shoot in person, I wasn't like wowed by his form necessarily. Uh, and he's going to need to be able to shoot. I, you know, they've thrown him in the deep end defensively, and he hasn't sunk. So maybe, maybe there's a belief that he's got some PJ Tucker potential. So who is it I think for you? Could do more. Uh, it would be Aldama. I just see him at this point. I like Aldama. I see him as more of like a finesse four. Potentially, could do some some five. But yeah, I, I think he's like getting a little less finessey, which I kind of like. I mean, the way he shot the ball this year and his skill, like it's just it's interesting. Like I, I'm, I agree with you. I got defensive concerns about him, but I got defensive concerns about all those guys. And Aldama is the one who's really shown the offensive skill set. Yes, sixty percent true shooting, thirty seven percent from three. Will Slager be traded? Danny Green. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, well, this is fun. We still got one more team to go this week. Probably get back to you on Thursday. Uh, hopefully you had a chance to finish up uh, with the mock trade deadline uh, as well. And Seth has done some really good writing lately. Highly recommend checking that out. It, he wrote about this Jaron Jackson Jr. stat controversy in his, his usual fantastic form. Uh, Dan has been churning stuff out lately as well. Five days a week uh, for him. And John and I are going to record it uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, of course so this is this is it this is prime time hopefully you're taking advantage of everything that we have to offer and if you're looking to change over to a yearly membership we are offering our, our best possible price it's not as good as the hollinger join up special but it's pretty close to that so we'll run this sale usually a couple times a year this is one of them so if you want to move over to a yearly membership and save yourself quite a bit of scratch versus the monthly membership i highly recommend doing that all right we'll talk to y'all soon at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.